Number three on the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players is Alperen Shangun. He is the player that, if you've been following the ball boys for a number of seasons, I've been very high on, very excited about his upside and his production. But where will he end up this season? We are going to talk about it. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And the NBA season is just around the corner. Drafts are happening this weekend, and we are getting into the most fascinating players for fantasy this season. And at number three, we are talking about the Turkish big man, Alperen Sengun, starting center for the Houston Rockets, who I'm sure we're all aware of has an enormous ceiling. He has very... Uh, unique stat set. He is a very interesting player for us to talk about, which is why he's high at number three. And I believe he's got a wide range of outcomes this season, depending on how much they want to use him in the offense, his uh, usage rate, how much they want to do some playmaking through him. What is his What are his percentages going to look like? What are the defensive stats going to look like? New coach, new teammates. There's so many different things and factors when talking about Alperen Sengun that I think we need to discuss. So we're going to get started and stuck into him uh, in a second. So make sure, guys, if you haven't already, go and check out ballboysnba.com. If you want some last-minute research, to get in before your fantasy basketball draft this weekend. I've got you covered with my top 150 rankings on points leagues and category leagues. If you sign up for the silver membership, you can get access to both of those. Um, If you want to get my projections where I've projected every single stat for every single player in the top 250 rankings, in my opinion, um, you can get the platinum membership, which will give you access to my 8-cat, 9-cat, minus 1, ESPN points projections, and um, Yahoo points projections as well. You can go and see what I think each player is going to do this season. That will continue to be updated throughout the season as well. So um, try not to overreact after you know small sample sizes, but when things change, those projections will change as well throughout the entire season as well. It's a one payment, got you covered for the entire year. So go and check that one out at ballboysmba.com. All right, let's go into Alperen Shengu now. He is obviously number three on the most interesting players. He is only he is still only 21 years old. I think we forget how young this player was when he was drafted. He was drafted as an 18-year-old. He's already played two seasons in the NBA. Last season started uh, well, for basically the entire year. Came off the bench at the start behind Bruno Fernando. But he is someone that we need to remind ourselves. He is still only 21 years old. A very young player. Still has lots of time to develop and get better and grow into his prime. So he is on ADP, on average draft position, going on at Yahoo at 60.4, ESPN at 63, and on Fantrax at 52.5. So Fantrax a little bit higher than the others. Last season, he played 75 games, so very, very durable. He played 28.9, so essentially 29 minutes per game in 
nine category rankings, he was the 82nd ranked player. In minus one rankings, he was the 61st ranked player. And that was taking away his uh, three-point value. So when you ignore the threes and weight the turnovers down to 25%, he was 61st. And in Yahoo points, he was very similar at 60th per game as well. So his nine category rankings do not necessarily, uh, I believe, capture his value because he does have a couple of, I guess, negative um, you know, influences in there. Um, but he also has some really big strengths as well. So again, the, the minus one ranking took away his three-point um, value, but his free throw percentage and turnover value were also quite low as well. So you could choose to punt either of those or, or multiple of those um, categories there as well, which does help Alperen Shangoon in terms of when you're considering him for a certain build for your team. So... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's take a look at what he actually averaged for last season in terms of the stats per game. And I've broken it up into two two sort of areas. I've taken his entire season into account on the top there if you're watching over on YouTube. And I've also got from January 2023 onwards. So for the 2023 portion of the season, wanted to have a look at his stats there. Because remember, at the start of the season, there were some real funky things going on, you know, starting behind or starting the game off behind on the bench behind Bruno Fernando and his minutes were a little bit lower as a result. So I wanted to have a look and see and compare and contrast sort of the 2023 portion versus the 2022 portion, the first couple of months of the season. Uh, So for the total season, he averaged 14.8 points, 0.3 threes, nine rebounds, 3.9 3.9 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.9 blocks, that should say, uh, 55% from the field and 71.5% from the free throw line. He did that all on 21% usage. So um, it's not low, it's not very high either. So he's kind of you know in and amongst the middle there um, on the Houston Rockets for that year. From January onwards, things do improve. So he added an extra couple of minutes per game. So remember, his um, average was 29 minutes per game for the season, which means his minutes were lower at the start, higher at the end. So the second, uh, again, uh, from New Year's onwards, he averaged 31 minutes per game, which got him up to 15.1 points, still point three threes, nine point three rebounds, four point nine assists, so an extra assist per game in that second portion of the season. One point one steals, which improved one blocks, which improved fifty five point five percent from the field and sixty five point seven percent from the free throw line. So. Once he started getting more minutes and playing more, his minus one value actually changed. Instead of punting the threes, we were then now punting the free throw percentage because his free throws did dip in the second half of the season down to 65.7%. So it is on the lower side of things and he does get a decent amount of attempts. Not super high volume. It's definitely not automatic punt territory, but it does it does allow his value to be higher if you ignore that category, which brought him up to the 52nd ranked player in a minus one setting. So you can see between that second January, so from January 2023 onwards, compared to his ranking in a minus one setting in a... Uh, total season point of view, 61 compared to 52. When you switch it over to the punt free throw percentage build, that does 
I think better reflect where I think he can be again at sort of a floor this season with upside and potential to be better. Um, so again, played 31 minutes. That's going to be a big thing for us to talk about on today is, is how many minutes he's going to play. Um, but interesting to note, his usage stayed the same. So his 21% usage was the same as entire season. So his improvement didn't come from him scoring the ball more or or uh, increase in, in having the ball in his hands. They definitely ran the offense through him more and he got more assists. So 4.9 versus 3.9 assists. So the assists definitely went up uh, after January 1st, which is definitely something for us to note. And again, we've got a situation where we are adding and taking away some players. So we're adding in Fred Van Vliet. We're taking away Kevin Porter Jr. We're also adding in Amen Thompson. Um, you know, we're adding in players like Cam Whitmore and, and things like that. What is the total, I guess, net result out of that one? I think had you have said Kevin Porter Jr. was going to stay on this team and you added in Fred Van Vliet, I'd be less confident. But now that you're kind of swapping those two in, I still think there's a chance that we see at at least a minimum sort of repeat of those numbers on the bottom of the screen there where we had 9.3 rebounds, 4.9 assists. So essentially five assists per game from your center. I don't think he's ever going to be a big scorer, or at least not this season. I don't think that is his strength. Um, again, his his field goal percentage actually improved quite significantly from his rookie season. Um, so that was always an issue for him when it came to his rookie season. We weren't sure if that was going to translate, and it did improve a fair chunk from his rookie year to his second season. So if I just pull up his numbers here at the moment, he had, um, in his rookie season, he shot... Oh, bloody hell, that's the points projection. Let's have a look at the category league projection. Um, sorry, should have had this loaded up before. Um, but yeah, he averaged 47.4% from the field up to, again, for the season, 55.3%. So a fairly sizable jump up um, eight percentage points in one season is a fairly big jump. And for someone who's not as athletic, he's not a, you know, rim-running, dunking big man, that's pretty good. That is actually pretty good for a player, you know, as skilled and finessed as he is. So I'm encouraged by that. And I think that obviously with the fact that we combine the fact that he is so young, it would not surprise me. I don't, I'm not expecting him to improve much in terms of a scoring department, but there is that possibility because, again, he has shown great improvement from his first year to his second year. And I think there's a possibility that we see that again, even uh, from a volume, but again, from a percentage point of view as well. What I really think that we could expect to see is, again, those minutes go up a little bit higher. So he averaged 30.9 in those uh, from January onwards. Could we see that get up to 32, 33 minutes per game? If he did that, you're looking at someone who could potentially be a top 40 player, just with natural improvement, a more higher usage, someone who, again, has the youth on his side, the ability to improve. And again, we've already seen him be basically a top 50 in minus one, 52nd in minus one rankings there in that second you know portion of the season. So another year on, if he gets an extra one or two minutes, then you could see him crack the top 40, top 45 at least, I think, even if he just does the same sort of thing and just scales it up by an extra couple of minutes. So that's where I sort of see the upside for him. I don't necessarily see the realistic upside for him to be top 30. I think that is... A possibility, but I don't know if I see it as a realistic one or one that's, you know, higher than like a 5% chance outcome. But I do think there's like a 50% chance outcome that he's a top 45, top 40 player. Um, 
So I'm a bit more on the optimistic side in terms of where he's going in drafts. If we go back to his ADP position here, if you're getting him at 60, 63, I think that's excellent value. Now, considering the fact that you are punting the right category. So remember, he is not going to be someone that is going to be a positive contributor from the free throw line. Now, sometimes when we look at punt free throws, we see all of these other bigs come up ahead of him that are you know elite in field goal percentage, great shot blockers and things like that. That is not Shangoon's game. So he doesn't, he's not the typical guy that you would consider a punt free throw percentage big because he isn't elite in those other areas. But that's almost what makes him more value to me because you can get him and pair him with some of those other traditional punt free throw bigs, you know, say you started with a Giannis, you've got that field goal percentage covered. So you don't necessarily you'll necessarily need your bigs to be, you know, 60-70% field goal guys. He's still a positive in that area, but his value comes from the one steal, one block, five assists. He gets you good rebounds as well. Um, scoring is not terrible. It's definitely not someone like a like a Walker Kessler or something like that down at 10 points per game. If he gets 15, 16, 17 points per game, that's a really solid number for you to sort of bank on. Um, so I think that in that build, he actually profiles really, really well. The only other thing that I wanted to, to also touch on with what we've seen with him from the preseason and the quotes from the Rockets and things that I've seen and noticed for their team is that they're encouraging him to shoot more three-pointers. So this is what we're going to touch on next. So his three-point shooting in the season, in the preseason through three games, he is shooting 9.1% from the three-point line. And I understand why they're encouraging him to shoot more threes because if you think about him as like a little baby Jokic, Jokic does what he can do on the offensive side of the floor because of his threat to shoot the ball as well as his ability to play, make, and pass and be smart on the post. Without that threat of being a floor spacer, someone who can you know, at least get defenses to close out on him, so passing lanes open up, he is much easier to guard um, for the defenses. So in terms of his long-term production, him shooting more threes is going to be very key to him reaching his potential and his ceiling. However... I don't think that he is going to develop into a three-point shooter or a consistent one this season. And the preseason results kind of show that. In three games, he's gone 0 for 3, 1 for 4, and 0 for 4 from behind the arc. And if he starts to take more attempts from the three-point line, I fear that that could negatively influence his field goal percentage and bring it back down to close to that 50% mark. So... um, If he is doing that, I think that is actually going to be a negative for his value because I don't think he's going to come out and start hitting one and a half threes per game. I've got him projected more towards that 0.4, 0.5 threes per game, so a slight uptick, but I think the ultimate um, impact on his value may be a negative one. Now, if he continues to shoot like that poorly, I don't think that the team is going to continue to allow him to do that. But I do think that it is smart for the Houston Rockets to get him as much reps as possible, see what he can do in that department because it is the key into unlocking his you know, top 1% outcome for Shangun. because, again, he's never going to be a big shot blocker, but he is really smart on the defensive side of the court. He's got good timing, good hands. He's an excellent, excellent playmaker. He's creative on the post. And if he can space the floor... Maybe you can then play him with other guys like Atari Eason or someone else like that who are a bit more defensive-minded, but they don't provide that spacing. Or you could maybe go in future with some double big lineups and things like that. Um, But if he isn't able to space the floor, 
then that severely limits that flexibility for the Houston Rockets to do that. So I do think that is going to be an experiment and something that is encouraged for him this season, but it might be a negative one when it comes to his fantasy value. So again, we talk about him improving the field goal percentage from year one to year two. I'm less confident in that continuing because of this trend, because of him um, taking more shots from the three-point line, which ultimately always drops your field goal percentage. So even if he improves his efficiency around the rim, I think that will be ultimately offset by a decrease in overall efficiency if he's taking more three-point shots. So that's why I don't really see the points per game increasing all that much this season. But what we may see again is an increase in his reboundings, assists. I think instead of 0.9 and 0.9 steals and blocks, we see 1 or 1.1 steals, 1.1 blocks per game. I also am not afraid of him being pulled out of the lineup because of his lack of defensive ability. He is someone that I think was maybe overly criticized in that area because he was the center. And a lot of times you see the centers being, you know, the last line of defense. But he is someone that that's not his strength, but he's also not terrible. It's similar to Nikola Jokic. He's not like, you know, an ultimately great defender, but he's not necessarily a bad one either. And when you replace players, you know, like, um, you know, players that are negative defenders uh, with players like Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Say what you will about Dylan Brooks on the offensive and all the silly stuff. He's a good perimeter defender. And when you have those good perimeter defenders out there, it makes it much easier as the last line of defense to be effective in that position. I think he'll get caught out a lot less, uh, which means that I think it will highlight and get him more minutes onto the court as well. I'm not worried about Jock Landale taking minutes away from him. He's going to be an eight, 16 to 18 minute a night backup, in my opinion. Maybe there's a slight risk of the small ball lineups, which again, hesitates me to go higher than sort of the 31 minutes we saw at the back end of last season. So I don't necessarily predict that he's going to go to 33, 34 minutes, but there is that possibility that he does that. He just is that good and they can't keep him off the floor. So that's where the upside is. I think if you're drafting him again, like we said, if you're drafting him around that 52, 53 spot, so midway through the fifth round, I think that's a perfect spot to take a swing on him. Again, remember, in the end of or 2023 season, he was around that mark already in minus one rankings. So in a Roto League, or if you're considering nine category rankings, I don't necessarily think he's someone that will reward you in that department. But you know me, and I consider minus one the more true indicator in a head-to-head format of what you're doing. So in a punt threes or a punt free throw percentage build, I think you can return that. If he's someone that you're trying to put on like a punt field goal percentage or a you know a punt blocks build, I don't think his value is as high in that kind of situation. But the value of him getting you know four or five assists from your center is again something a little bit more unique and another string to his bow that he can add to your team. So where he's going, I think is fine. I have him ranked I think at 50 on my rankings as well. So right around that kind of spot, the upside is higher. I don't think it's likely that he gets to that um, you know, top 30 mark, but it is possible. More realistic upside would, would be that top 40, top 45 kind of a range in minus one. Um, and uh, again, I, I don't think the floor is all that low because I feel confident in him at least getting his minutes and his reps. So I think the floor is maybe more around that 60, 65, 70 mark at worst. Um so where he's going, I think, is is perfectly reasonable. I don't think he's necessarily a sleeper or he's not necessarily a bust at that point, but pretty much where I think he can go. But again, you've got that high-end outcome that could potentially happen, which might swing your league. So let me know what you guys think about Alperen Shingun down in the comments section below. And we have two players left on the top 25 most interesting 
Some of you guys might have worked out who they are. There is a player who is insanely interesting for the right reasons, and there's a, a player who is insanely interesting for the wrong reasons. Uh, who is going to be first? We're going to talk about them tomorrow. Let me know down in the comment section below who do you think is going to be coming in at number two and who do you think is going to be number one on the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players for this season. And let me know, guys, if you've enjoyed this series this year. Um, something new again. I borrowed it from an AFL other podcast, so shout out to the coaches panel. But let me know if you've enjoyed it. And until next time, guys, I'll see you later. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.